Today is December 8th, 2023, and we welcome you to our Chapter 49 podcast. We try to keep it a weekly podcast. We are around most weeks. We will probably miss some time around the Christmas and New Year's holiday season. Duncan Giles has to get his user lose leave in. Of course, I'm retired. I'm just around, so it doesn't make any difference there. But we, we do need Duncan Giles to keep this thing going. My name's Larry Lannon. I'm a retiree, a volunteer, and NTEU Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. And our chapter president is Duncan Giles. And good to have you back, Duncan. Thanks, Larry. It's always good to be here. So last week, we we, had, we gave people some really good information about retirement and about benefits and uh, United Benefits, uh, which is a con- contract NTU has with that company and has for a while, offers uh, something for our members. So we, we try to let everyone know about that. But now they're just stuck with the two of us this week. That's it exactly. Yeah, I appreciate, we both appreciate the folks from uh, United Benefits coming on last week to talk about, uh, in particular, open season, uh, which is ending, you know, soon. But uh, very thankful they could come on. And they do provide a lot of uh, advice, services, things of that nature. You know, it's always good to get a second opinion on things. Make sure you're on the right path to protect you and your family. You know, whether you use some of their stuff or none of it, it's always good to get a second set of eyes to take a look at things like that. You know, Duncan, as you know, I spent many years as a news reporter before I went into government service. And, you know, the idea of, of news is that you report on something that happens. Well, with you and I, unfortunately, sometimes we have to report on what does not happen. And so we're going to start off with that uh, in our podcast because both the House and the Senate have been in session recently, but they're going to go out of session for their holiday break. So, Duncan, I'm sure they've already taken care of all the budget bills, right? Yeah, absolutely they have. (laughs) Not that in my mind. Um, Yeah. Larry, I've told you, no more dropping <laughs> LSD this early in the morning. Yes, I, I, uh, in serious. I, I Duncan, you know, I've always been your straight man, so good go right ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, in seriousness, it's, it is just a shame. Yeah, they're taking their, uh, going on their holiday break at the end of next week, and we're, you know, no, really no closer uh, to our budget or most any other budgets out there. So it's it's going to be one of those, again, where people are going, well, you know, we've got a long continuing resolution. Yeah, that ends in early February, and that time can be eaten up very quickly because, you know, you consider that, you know, two weeks is going to be basically gone by just for the holiday recess. They come back in early January, and then they're going to have a sprint to do the first of the two CRs that doesn't involve our agency, and then, you know, they have to tackle the second one, and that's not going to be an easy road either way. So it's it's going to be a uh, a slog, and I'm I'm not looking forward to what may happen uh, in late January, early February. But yeah, they have not progressed on our stuff. 
Yeah, and, and that's a good point. Uh, we have a situation where we have two different deadlines. That's a new thing. And the Treasury Department IRS deadline is the later of the two. It's in, in early February, although they're only like a couple of weeks, two or three weeks apart, really. So they're not that, it's not this two tiered, but just barely. Um, so we're getting into a situation where will the government shut down, well, part of it shut down, then another part shut down later, or will there be no shutdowns? Because we, we're seeing that both political parties seem to understand that they need to avoid a shutdown for political reasons. Problem is there are segments of those political parties that seem to be just yearning for a government shutdown. For what reason, I do not know. They have their own, I guess. Uh, government shutdowns never end well, and there's always damage left behind them. So we're not saying there will be a shutdown, but I think what you're saying is Something you said for the last several cliffhangers we've had here in the recent months, just be prepared for the worst in case it happens. Absolutely. I think in your phrasing on why it is taking this long and what the issues are is very well put. I would strongly suggest, I know it's a holiday season, but I would strongly suggest to people that they have an emergency fund ready because, you know, if we do have a shutdown, it could be lengthy in February. The speaker has said, you know, that he does not favor doing any more containing resolutions. So that would mean that the appropriations have to be passed. And on many of those, including ours, uh, there are wide variances in what people are looking to have as a, uh, as a budget for someplace like the IRS. So it could be very hard going to uh, to come to a compromise that works for everyone. Not make them happy, but works for everyone. Yeah, I think uh, I go back to a statement that was made a few months ago by a, a member of the Senate who said, you know, okay, the Senate, we have done all of our budget bills. We've, done, we've gone to our various committees. We've come up with the budget bills. Neither side's necessarily happy. I had to give up something. The other side had to give up something. But we have a deal. The House does not seem to be able to, to come to grips with it. Now, I should put this as a proviso that there are some people in the Senate who try to gum up the works. But in general, they've got their work done. Uh, the, you know, There have been some, some roadblocks there. But in general, they've, they've done their committee work, the, the hard work of, of the budgets, where the House just doesn't seem to be able to get their, their act together. And what you normally have is, okay, this side wants this, that side wants that. How do we come together and, and, and make the deal? And uh, it just seems like in, in recent years, there just isn't an easy way to get that deal. Yeah, the uh, the take my ball and go home mentality is pretty strong with a lot of these folks on uh, the far outsides, one side or the other, and apparently compromise for whatever reason is a dirty word. You don't get everything you want, you know, unless you're in a dictatorship, you know, you don't get everything that you want on your list. That's just not going to happen. So you're going to have to figure out what's most important what you can live with, what you can live without, and you know, go forward with those principles to try and make a deal to make the government work. And that's what they're there for. I, you know, I emphasize this a lot. They're there to make those appropriations, to pass those bills, to fund the government. That is Congress's main job. And unfortunately, the last several years, 
they have just not been able to accomplish that in either a timely or um, cohesive manner. Hate to say this, Duncan, but uh, this is a quote. We have one presidential candidate who does say he wants to be dictator for a day. I'm not touching that sucker with a 10-foot pole that wide. Uh, Nope, 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 not getting me with that one. Okay, Duncan. I I try, but sometimes I don't get anywhere with you. (laughs) Something tied into the budget discussion is the federal employee pay raise. We still don't know what's going to happen. The president has made his proposal. You can summarize that again. Uh, There has been some development, not with the um, um, uh, civilian pay raise, but with the military. So tell us what what that may forebode for the future. Yeah, as as everybody knows or should know, the president proposed a 4.7% pay raise for civilians with another half percent locality pay, which means if you're in a more expensive area, your Chicago's, your L.A.'s, things of that, New York's, things of that nature, your pay would be higher. If you're in a lower uh, inflation area, it would be a little bit less than that. Um, that We're expecting something to come out more concrete in the next couple of weeks from the president on that. But a very good sign is one of the things they have out there is called the uh, National Defense Authorization. And this has to be done every year. Is uh, what they call it in the Beltway is a must-pass bill. They have to pass this. It funds the military. Talks about what they want the military to do. And this has been going back and forth between House and Senate negotiators for quite a while on you know what they can live with, what they can't. And um, looks like they'll be voting on that before the end of the year, both the House and the Senate. And in that, it does propose for um, the military to have that same 4.7 with a half percent locality pay, which is good news because the vast majority of the time, I would say like something like uh, 18 or 19 out of the last 20 years, um, the military and civilian have had pay parity is what they call it. So having them with that 4.7 with a half percent locality pay is a very good sign for us that we should be able to get that as well. And we should point out, Duncan, this this is one of the largest pay raises proposed for both civilian and uniform military services in a very long time. Absolutely it is. It's a big one. People are saying, you know, it's it's not enough to keep up with inflation and things of that nature. Well, you know, it always runs behind. Right now it probably is enough to keep up with inflation, but it's eating into, you know, what happened last year when it didn't keep up with inflation. So it's it's one of those, uh, you know, type things that it's not tied directly to inflation. It's what they feel, you know, the president proposes, Congress then acts on what they feel that the uh, the workforce, be it military or civilian, should be getting. So we're very hopeful that this very large pay raise will be coming through for Uh, the folks, because I can tell you, the military absolutely deserves it. And the civilian workforce does as well. They're doing hard, hard work with uh, still undermanned. And I think everybody deserves that. Uh, Changing the subject a bit, we did talk a lot about open season in our last podcast, but uh, we are running up, uh, as as I said, we're recording this on December 8th. You never know when people will watch or listen. 
But the 11th is the deadline. So up to the uh, close of business on uh, December 11th, you are allowed to make changes during the open season. Uh, There's still time left to use the uh, consumer checkbook if you are an NTEU member. But uh, explain once again just how important it is to take a look at all the benefits you have and make sure you have the right benefit package for you and your family. Yeah, I I can't stress enough how important this is. Um, Matter of fact, my wife and I were having a discussion on it uh, like two days ago, and then I just was in it before I started my tour today. I was in the consumer checkbook doing a final check of the uh, insurance that we currently have to make sure that I want to have, you know, keep with it. How much did it go up? Well, for my particular situation, it went up um, about 5% per pay, uh, about $10 a pay. There are others that have gone up much more, others that are less. But the consumer checkbook is such a wonderful, wonderful tool to take a look at to see not only what premiums are, but what your average cost could be, what your catastrophic um, loss is. In other words, how much you would have to pay out if something really, really bad happened, what you'd be on the hook for, things of that nature. It really lays it out well, um, as you know, we uh, Nicole talked about from United Benefits last week. And you know, this is this is something, and I say this because this is something that puts money back into your pockets, if possible, if you pick the right companies. And people go, well, I don't even know how to change my, you know, insurance from one to the other. It's it's extremely difficult. You go into the employee personnel page, which everybody should have access to. That's where you see your earnings and leave statements. You go down to insurance under health insurance. There's going to be a button in the um, upper right-hand corner, which goes, you know, self-help. So you change it right there. It's very easy to do. Um, you know, you make your own decisions, just write down the information, and uh, that way you could really help you and your family out. And, uh, Duncan, just I, I do know that we have at least a few uh, retirees who watch and listen, and you go to the OPM website, uh, retirees use that uh, to make their changes. So uh, there is a place to go, and if you don't know how, you can – uh, find out from OPM how to get that account set up. I use mine on a regular basis. Speaking of retirement, there that's you know, if you're close to retirement and anywhere close, that's gotta be your favorite subject, right? Duncan is is retired. Duncan is already taking a drink of water to celebrate the fact that he might be <laughs> retiring in two or three years. But there are some people much closer to that date and uh, there is a platform that you use to take care of that. But if you're a lot of people do decide to retire at the end of the calendar year, of course, we're already into December. Um, if if you want to retire at the end of the year and you haven't started the process, uh, what should you do? Uh, panic is the big thing. Um, no, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm at a point now where am I eligible to retire? Yes. Am I going? No. Uh, but I've heard uh, anecdotal evidence, and I'm sure that there are a lot of folks out there who are listening or uh, watching who've heard people talk about this, that they're retiring at the end of the year. This is not a, the process of doing it is not that complicated. The process of getting it taken care of from going from 
the IRS and making sure everything is set up on your IRS site to OPM and then OPM working it takes quite a long time. And if you don't have your paperwork in and ready by the time you retire, you could be looking at, you know, setting yourself back months. And we don't want anybody to be uh, holding themselves back. For IRS employees, you go on what's the uh, GRB platform. And if you go on, um, you know, our internal web, they'll take you right to that. And it'll walk you through what you need to do uh, to, you know, process your retirement. It's not that complicated. It isn't difficult. But it's something that's where you need to go if you're looking to retire. And if you are looking to go at the end of the year, which is a very popular thing to do, because you can take over, you know, any annual leave you have, you can get paid for it in next year. And uh, instead of having it be at a higher tax bracket this year, you want to make sure that if you haven't done that already, do it yesterday. Because the what happens is, is once you do that and put that in, they'll assign a best uh, person to you. And that's a specialist that is, you know, trained in the retirement issues, making sure that every all your paperwork is ready, everything is done, making sure that, that things don't have a hitch. If there is a hitch, they let you know what they need. So you want to get that process done optimally, um, you know, somewhere between 30 to 60 days before you retire. Don't do it further out than 60 days. Has uh, former retiree Chris Ropa, or retiree Chris Ropa, um, found out, as he told me, when he tried to do his 90 days in advance, and they basically said, oh, no, we don't want that that early. So the sweet spot is 30 to 60 days. But if you haven't done it already and you're planning on retiring at the end of December, do it now. Well, as somebody who went through this process, albeit many years ago, the only thing you need to be careful on, the reason that you want to get started in the 30 to 60 day period is because what IRS is going to do is they're going to look over your paperwork with a fine tooth comb, make sure there are no errors in it, because if there are any errors in your paperwork or electronic file, however it's being done now, uh, OPM will find it and they'll send it back. So you don't want that and and the irs people are very good about making sure it's in good shape yep. before it goes to opm so i'll give irs a lot of credit internally for making sure that is the case so there's a lot of agencies i've been reading on some of these federal employee websites where some agencies send them into opm they get sent back and that really does set you back a very long way because when you retire you get an estimated benefit way below what you're going to get so you, you have to live off less for a while, you get it uh, retroactively later when it's all done uh, in, in in final form. So all those things uh, are are to be considered. And Duncan, one thing that I do want to let people know, and this is a bit of good news, we do like to give you good news when we have it. That yeah. OPM is uh, for the third time in the last year, I believe, is has got a record low number in their inventory of their backlog of retirement processes. So the processing of your retirement is probably as good as it has been in several years. So our kudos go to our, to our federal, fellow federal employees working at OPM who are working hard and diligently to get these done. Yeah, OPM has realized that they needed to tackle this. They've been trying to modernize their systems. It's, it's slow going. 
just like modernizing IRS systems is slow going. But they've done more hiring because um, they've heard from folks who are retiring who do have questions, from folks in Congress who get these inquiries as to what the heck is going on. So they've really been diligent probably the last two years or so um, to try and gear up and tackle this. And I'm hoping in the future it'll be even more streamlined for them. It'll be more electronic as we go away from paper, and that'll allow for even faster um, approvals of retirement and getting, as you said, getting off of that uh, diet retirement check and getting the full benefit that you're entitled to. So, yeah, absolutely kudos to OPM for continuing to step up and move forward. And I know with the Chapter 49, when people have questions, you and your stewards do their best to help people with questions or steer them into the right place. And I know nationwide where people do watch and listen to our podcast, your local chapter always will provide assistance. If you have questions and you're maybe a little lost, uh, they can certainly help you get pointed in the right direction there. Well, Duncan, moving on to the holiday season, it's always nice to have the holidays, but there's always been a part of the rules, the ethics rules that govern federal employees, I always found to be a little arcane and just a little strange. That's gift giving. We have to be careful when we give gifts, which may seem strange in the federal workforce, but there are some reasons to have some of these rules. But tell us, what what should the federal workers be thinking about as we get into a gift giving mode in, in, in December? Uh, don't. Um, that's, that's the easy way is for for employees. Don't. No, seriously, it's the ethics rules um, are good, but the amounts haven't changed in many, many years. So it's a really nominal amount that you can give, like, say, a supervisor or somebody like that, unless you have an outside personal relationship with them. In that case, that could raise other issues, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, you want to be very careful if you're, if you individually or your group is going to give a gift to a manager um, or anyone in your chain that could be having anything to do with your uh, career, your appraisal scores, things of that nature, that you want to make sure that you're on the right side. Uh, you know, the Code of Ethics book is out there that we take every year that we, you know, take a look at. If you have questions, contact your NTU steward. We'll be able to uh, help you once you give us a uh, scenario. Because that's the thing. I I deal with a lot of these types of things. Well, we want to do this or we want to do that, which makes it really easy. Because people want to say, you know, it's, it's sort of like... Uh, you know, what's the Supreme Court justice? What's the definition of pornography? Well, I know it when I see it. You know, what's the definition of unethical when you're giving a gift to a, a supervisor? Well, I'll know it when I see it. It just depends on what people want to do. Because there are so many creative things that people come up with. And it's great. If people want to do that as a group for their supervisor, that means that they're an engaged group. And I'm happy with that. You know, that's great. But if you're sitting there saying, well, you know, we're each going to pitch in and give, uh, you know, 50 bucks a piece so we can get these tickets to our supervisor for some sporting event or concert. It's like, Oh dear God, no stop. Um, you know, those types of things. So we want to make sure that everybody is doing the right thing. And that's, that's what it boils down to show your appreciation. If you want to do the gift giving, but make sure you're doing it in the right way. 
review the ethics handbook. And if you have questions, by all means, if you're in Indiana, reach out to me, reach out to one of our stewards. If you're outside of Indiana, please contact your local NTU chapter, and they'll absolutely be able to help you with this. One other situation is coming up, and it's hard to believe because we're already at the end of 2023. 2024 is a presidential election year. Now, these rules of the Hatch Act apply to almost any election, but presidential election years seem to be fertile territory for Uh, problems that people might have. And the Hatch Act has been around for a very long time. And you and I talked before we started the podcast, why do we always have to talk about the Hatch Act? It's because even though it's been around a long time and people should know the rules, every year we have people who are dinged for violations. You can be criminally prosecuted in extreme cases. Not that that happens a lot, but you could at least have a pretty serious ethics violation and and, and face some kind of discipline over this. So, And, and it, what we have to think about is the fact that even though it's December, uh, caucuses and primaries begin in January, but about a month from the time we are recording this. So it's something people around the country need to be thinking about. In Indiana, our primary doesn't come until May, but it comes much earlier in much of the country. So as we enter this presidential year, Duncan, just some rules of the road to remember as far as staying in good stead with the Hatch Act. Yeah, you absolutely can have political opinions, um, things of that nature. Um, Don't do it in the federal workplace. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Don't wear shirts supporting a candidate. Don't wear buttons supporting a candidate or opposing a candidate in the federal workforce. Don't ask for money for your candidate to donate to your candidate at any time. You can't do that. Um, But I mean, if you want to be on, if you're on your own time and not on a government computer and you want to say, I like candidate X, and I'm really a fan of Candidate X, you're absolutely able to do that. But the problem comes when a lot of people say, well, I saw yesterday when you're, in, you know, when you're coming in on your telework day and, you know, somebody said, well, I saw you that you like Candidate X on Facebook. Why do you like that? And it's like, don't have those discussions in the federal workplace. You do not want to err. You want to err on the side of caution. You don't want to take a chance that that could be misinterpreted, that somebody could say, oh, I heard them, they were talking about particular candidates, and I want to, you know, turn them in because I don't agree with their politics. Because right now, I'm sure everybody knows, this country's pretty darn polarized. And we, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. God bless you one way or another. You absolutely are. But you want to keep it out because the federal workforce is not supposed to be political. We don't want to be political. We want to do things for the taxpayers for what they need. That's what we're here for. So any political discussions you want to have, you know, keep them for the um, keep them for the holiday table. That always makes it lively. Um, oh, come on, Duncan. Or, Don't suggest you know, that, okay? Uh, you know, I've got to have some fun somewhere. <laughs> um, but no, just just try and keep those opinions out of the uh, – out of the workplace. And one quick thing, and I don't want to, you mentioned this briefly, I want to emphasize it. When you're working telework, you're on duty. And and the Hatch Act applies, uh, you know, if you're off duty, it's one thing. If you're on Facebook or talking to people, but if you're on duty, those Hatch Act rules apply for you as if you're at a workplace, correct? 
absolutely, that's a wonderful point. In seriousness, that's absolutely wonderful point. If you're sitting there saying, okay, um, you know, I'm, I'm working at home, I'm teleworking, I'm on my computer. Oh, wait, th- let me get on Facebook on my phone and, you know, well, this person's saying this about candidate X, well, I'm going to jump in and say something else. Because you're being paid, you're technically working, so it's considered federal work time, federal workspace. Do not do those opinions during that time. Okay, Duncan, time for your final comment. Yeah, my final comment today is, you know, there, we've talked about polarization. We've talked about not being able to compromise, things of that nature. And I think that there just needs to be a lot more civility. You know, whether you can agree to disagree with people without it turning into a shouting match, saying, I'm not going to talk to you forever. Things, you know, things happen in life. So, you know, I, I would just urge people to be as civil as possible in any of their discourse, especially in this time of year. You know, we're coming up now. We're just starting Hanukkah. You'll have, um, you know, the Christmas season is upon us for those that celebrate that, you know, and, you know, Festivus is coming up. Um, so, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're civil in these. Everybody is a little bit different. Everybody has different opinions. You don't have to agree with people, but you don't need to shout from the rooftops at them that they're absolutely wrong and you're absolutely right. I thought I was absolutely right. Is that not correct? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, let me ask your wife. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 I think what concerns me is there used to be a lot of friendships across the political aisle, both uh, in terms of political party and philosophy. There's less of that, and I think that's a part that concerns me. You know, we can have our disagreements during the day and sit down and enjoy uh, our personal, you know, because when we have personal connections, we remind ourselves there's a lot more that uh, uh, connects us and keeps us together than what dif- differentiates us. So I would hope that maybe someday that would come up. The one thing I do want to talk about is we are now into the Christmas shopping season and just the holiday season in general, where people buy gifts. I mean, you're going to stores, you're getting online, things get stressed what I would ask people to do is remember the reason we have a holiday, whether you're it's Hanukkah or Christmas or some other religious holiday connected with this time of year. You know, we all should just remember that there's a reason for this season we are celebrating. Just take a deep breath and say, hey, I'm supposed to enjoy this. So enjoy it, okay? <laughs> just enjoy it. Just have a good time. Enjoy your friends and family. And I've urged people to do this before. If you know someone who maybe doesn't have friends or family uh, during Christmas season, you know, invite that person into your home or your family. You know, that little things like that uh, can mean a lot. So that's what the season's really all about, and I like to remind people about that. So, Duncan Giles, thank you. We don't have to remind people that you are certainly a, a, a major reason we have this podcast. And uh, as I said before, Duncan will be celebrating uh, his use or lose leave later this year. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll not be around every week around the holidays, but we'll be back full force in January. And we will still be back next week. I don't think Duncan's off quite that, that quickly. But we want to thank you for watching and listening. If you like the podcast, share the link with friends and others who you think might uh, get something out of this. We certainly enjoy bringing it to you. In the meantime, please, thank you so much for being here. Be safe and be kind. Be kind.